Ladies, gentlemen, and bees, the time has come. This is the Eat, Sleep, Leap, Repeat podcast. Your weekly AW review and breakdown. Introducing first, the man of the hour. Now rise up and feel the power. It's gnarly. Charlie. Oh my goodness. How's it going there, brother? Dude, we are doing A-OK. Garrett, this was our... Uh, last week, man. Next week, we got full gear where we're going to be doing some predictions. We got a full gear after show. We're going to be covering it's the all end this of shit. the season again already. Holy shit! <sighs> it's nuts, man. I am I am ready. So how is gear. this going to work? Are we going to do because we've been talking about the Pillars of Chaos episode and we've been talking about the rewards show, which obviously we have to figure that out as well. So are those going to be the last couple ep- or well, actually the one can we can just do whatever but like is that going to be the last episode of the season is like the season awards or like yeah I'm thinking I'm thinking so we'll probably get our awards out maybe like cuz AEW might have we'll get our awards done after winter is coming so probably the week after that we'll do two shows okay we'll, and we'll uh we'll do our eat sleep elite and we'll do our awards and then yeah this pillars episode I'm I'm thinking God, maybe maybe January we start the new year off with our pillars. We that's we interesting because kind of, it could change. Like who knows? We might have yeah. different pillars by then. You know, and I, I, I had a document cool. like uh, I had like a whole like system worked out. Like when we first talked about this, and I have no idea what I even had in that, and it's gone now. But I had like a whole system I was going to use to like how do I quali- quantify a pillar? But um, and and that's gonna be interesting because I'm sure we'll do. We won't just do like male wrestlers like we did before but we'll do like female wrestlers and tag team pillars like that well it'll be it'll be interesting but um but yeah speaking of interesting there was a lot of really interesting wrestling this week but before we get into all that there's just a couple of orders of midness to take care of first of all you can follow us both on twitter you can follow me at bane duke that's b-a-n-e-d-u-k-e on twitter and you can follow charlie at oh charlie with an x instead of an a you can also find us on pretty much every podcast platform out there uh you know whichever one you're listening to us on right now might be one it might be apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify pandora amazon music or iheart anyway um <laughs> i fucking was like which one am i missing i was like which one am i missing and i think i got them all but um yep, yep, we got them all I got the schmeat uh smacking anyway um but uh I don't, know, I don't know what that means but anyway um but yeah so there was some there was some wrestling this week we always like to start off the week on a positive note which is something that you know what's funny about that when you first came to me for, for those that don't know when 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 chaz first came to me with the show uh forever ago like like hey we should do this um that was one of the things that you said to me that was like yeah i want to like through like actually talk about wrestling in a positive way instead because like so many shows are like i feel like i watch every wrestling review that's not us and it's like oh i hated this everything is stupid and i want yeah. everything to burn down in a fire and it's like no you don't no, yeah what are you and, talking and, about like and, and yeah just, and i remember thinking when we were doing our movie reviews too that was something we'd always try and do right away is we'd be like all right so here's what we thought about this movie here's our overall thoughts about it and then we get right in we like what was our favorite things and then let's go on beyond that so with our wrestling show you know we do a week we do this weekly and i wonder i, I i'm curious how everyone else feels about this like we do this weekly and immediately you know when you listen to our show back to back you're going to be getting our favorite two segments and then we go breaking it through everything else and we mentioned stuff along the way it's yes. just i i really like that i feel like it's a it gives a nice little nice little friendly start to our show 
Exactly. Speaking of which, what we do have here is, uh, you know, it's a little even ski week. So that means that I'm on the bump, as they say, when referring to a pitcher that's in the starting position. So uh, uh, to throw the first pitch, I will go ahead and go with a uh, bit of a curveball here. And uh, to make one more baseball reference, I think these two knocked it out of the park. And that's a home run for me. Anyway, um, so... um, (laughs) We had Roosh versus Bandito, and I I don't know that this match was, like, announced, announced. It was just kind of like, hey, these two guys that are good at doing the lucha wrestling are going to lucha. And we were all like, fuck it. So, um, which is the best way to do it. Um, so, yeah, and I, I like that they referenced all the history that the two of them had in Ring of Honor throughout the, the course of this match. And right now, I don't know about you, Charlie, but it feels like the AEW Ring of Honor lines are, are starting to blur a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah, that... Yeah, they, but, uh, they get the little Ring of Honor graphics, but that's that's about it. Well, I just mean in that like the rosters are basically like there's not two rosters anymore. It's like it's all one roster. Like, um, and like you might get a match on Ring of on uh, sorry on Rampage on this is Rampage baby Rampage. Um, uh, you might get a match on there every week that's just a random Ring of Honor match, whether it's a title match or just like a random match. Um and. I don't know. It's uh, just really good stuff. Um, both both of these two have had obviously an extensive history, like I, like I'd mentioned. So they've obviously got a lot of you know they know how each other's move sets work and stuff like that. So that was able to be implemented into this match. Um, there was some really good heavy striking. Um, oh, I loved that Roosh because again the history like they did the uh, band. Excuse me, Bandito went to do like the like the delayed suplex spot that lasts like ten years. Um, and, uh, he just like, no, that's, we're not doing that because he's like, I've been, I, you know, I've let you do this to me before we're, we're wrestling for like the 57th time. We're not doing this here. Um, I was saying to you before we started the show, actually, that I thought this could be a great, uh, feud to continue on, uh, past, yes. past this point in the, um, maybe even in the future of ring of honor. I was saying to you, like, I throw this on the upcoming ring of honor pay-per-view. That's what I would do. Yeah, and I mean, um, it would be a throwback to when these guys challenged for the title against each other. So absolutely, make that a number one contenders for the next. You know, whether it's Jericho, whoever comes out of the with the championship. I want to say go. Bandito actually won it off of Roosh. I'm not 100. Yeah, percent I think that they was, mentioned that during this match. That was during Bandito's the COVID title years, reign, so, reign that yeah. we ended up getting interrupted before, obviously because he couldn't defend it or whatever reason uh, at the one Ring of Honor show. I forget why he couldn't be there, but he wasn't able to be there. I don't know if it was injury related or whatever, but where they had like the two championships and eventually it was Bandito versus I think Gresham and I think Gresham won that or whatever. Anyway. Um, so yeah, but they just did some great, <clears throat> excuse me, some great, like I, I wrote it in my notes, this incredible trading of back and forth of offense. Uh, I wrote this as Lucha explosion in my notes, which is a pretty good way to describe it. Like from jump, Roosh just dove straight out of the ring, which is now like, I think that's a regular spot from him, but every yeah. time he does it, I'm just like, Oh yeah, I forgot. Roosh also does the flippy. Like he doesn't always flip. He's he's great because he could do no an entire match without flipping, and he does this occasionally where he does an entire match without doing any lucha shit. And you're just like, oh yeah, this is just a brawler. Like his mm-hmm. match with John Moxley, like his match with um, oh there was someone else heavy hitting that he went up against, maybe with Kingston or something like that. And he just doesn't. He, he didn't do anything besides what we expected him to do, and that was just you know match the style in the ring. And it's what makes Rue such a, a you know a unique and. Uh, and a valuable, uh, what am I, versatile wrestler because you can put him in against different styles and it'll work. So, uh, big win for Bandito in this match, which I wasn't expecting actually. I, Roosh has been on kind of a roll, so I didn't expect him yeah. to be losing anytime soon. And 
if anyone's going to do it, make it Bandito. Bandito's like on this unstoppable. Bandito's got the crowd, and I, you know, what I'm saying, like, I feel like this is, uh, Bandito needs to be on TV more. So this is not, and something's telling me he thing. will be. So catering off of this match, we had the Bandito is officially all elite graphic uh, toasted yeah. from Tony Khan. So love it. We we love to see this. And man, you're totally right. This was. Rather, it wasn't the longest match ever, but it no. didn't need to be because they got their they got all their shit in. And Bandito was just money, man. Bandito, Prince Money. I, I'm so glad he's in AEW. Like, really, g- give me Bandito and Phoenix now. Give me Bandito and Dante Martin. Let's just start running it. Bandito Ooh. versus AR Fox on Dark. What a good week out of him again. Um. Yeah, man, I'm with you. Really good match. So, I think... Uh, oh, there was also a really clean discus elbow at one point uh, uh, by by Roosh on Bandito. That was really good. This is a really good spot in this match. Like, I just, yeah. Good all-around good all match. Wasn't super long. But again, I don't know. I didn't, excuse me. I don't need every match that I enjoy to be a 20-minute Broadway. I love those matches. Um, Charlie, you know what we didn't do? Shit. We never watched that. I never saw... So I, I'm just trying to figure out where that... FTR match that we were talking about happened at, and I, I'm struggling to figure that out because I couldn't even find. Oh like, yeah, Google, so. yeah it was like a recent New Japan show. Yeah, I haven't gotten around. Nah, to that I'll have to look into that. But but um, now Bandito moves on. He's going to face Ethan Page next week. That's uh two of our guys. So I'm looking forward. Hey, to this that. makes sense to throw these guys in in this spot. And I uh, er, yeah, got a pre- I, you got a early prediction here. This is a tough one, man. Uh, for Bandito for what? For, I mean. Uh, Nah, I just I, I this tournament's kind of weird. Like I, I'm Who's waiting going to the to final. I, I'm gonna get. I, I still think, think Ethan Page is same. going. I'm thinking Ethan Page goes to the final from this side. I think that that's the easiest thing to see on the bracket because he's so being pushed right now. But I mean, like I, it I, just I, makes I, sense I, for to get Ethan Page and Ricky Starks on the pay per view and get them in a match against each other. It just makes on so much paper sense. that match just sounds so great, yeah. especially because of how tight they are too. Like again, it's like. Same thing is why, you know, when we talk about Eddie Kingston versus uh, Ethan Page, you know, that we'll, we'll get into, you know, I think it helps. So jumping into my favorite, we're going to hop back over to the Dynamite. We're going to go with the main event, the two out of three falls, Brian Danielson, Sammy Guevara with Tay Mello. And Brian wasted no time here. He, I mean, he got a pin fairly quickly. And... It, like before the they went to the first commercial break, he got a pin that was kind of impressive. So he gets out, he gets that out of the way. I believe it was he he Guevara threw a chair at Danielson to get intentionally disqualified, and then Guevara continued to assault with a microphone, and that's how we go one zero. So that's how he goes up in the in the charts. I said pin, but you know what I mean. We come back from it. Danielson's all fucking bloody. Guevara, then he gets a, a pump knee and a GTH. They tied at one to one. So in my mind, right away, I was kind of thinking, oh, damn, is this going to be one of those main events where we just kind of like fly through it? Like, how fucking quick is this going to be? So then eventually Mello gets, uh, Mello gets uh, taken out. And I think then the match really starts to hit into another gear. And the last, like, I don't know, four minutes, five minutes, it was just back and forth. These guys were pulling everything out of the bag. 
Sammy had a really clean shooting star press off the top to the fucking floor. And, like, things like that. I mean, they were just going back and forth. Excalibur made a Thunderbird Brett Como reference. And uh, (laughs) that fucking blew everyone away. But, dude, the double jump cutter, it wasn't able to get it in. Brian got the cross arm breaker, transitioned into the label lock. The crowd goes nuts. When we have a crowd going this fucking ape shit for label locks, it's shit like I just love when the crowd does this, you know. So, yeah. Eventually, Guevara gets in the walls of Jericho, which gets some good heat, gets a good pop. And the heat. Uh, Danielson ends up hitting his, uh, what's it called? The Basuica knee? The, uh, the Busaiko knee. Busaiko knee. The knuckle lock led to Guevara hitting a moonsault DDT. Went for a swanton, and Danielson got the knees up. Anvil elbows led to the label lock. Guevara refused to tap, and then Danielson cranked the arm, and he verbally submitted. Just, I, I, I think getting Sammy Guevara, this is, this is doing numbers for his career, by the way. Getting these kind of matches under his belt will only improve him. And to get these on his resume, it, it's it's a big deal for him, man. And I'm I'm glad Brian won this because he's you know both these guys are going in the full gear. And I know you and I were we were kind of low key hoping Brian would be the uh, world champion when all this was going down uh, at that last show between him and Moxley. But yeah, man, another really good main event, Sammy Guevara main eventing and. Also, uh, Orange Cassidy main eventing again this week. Fucking love to see that. That was against Orange Cassidy. Boys too. Seems like he's having fun, which I love. Like he really does. But so, yeah, Garrett. Any any notes from this match? As you can tell, I I really liked it. I was trying to um trying to piece everything together here. I kind of got myself mixed up in my own notes, but the dead, yeah, it's yes, easy to, it, it's really easy to do that. Um, yeah, so really good stuff. Like, uh, there was the sequence you were mentioning, and you were you're trying to figure out what, what it was, and it was like you, you nailed it though. It's he did the double jump cutter, like you whatever whatever you want to call it, and yeah, uh, it was countered into an armbar submission, which I thought was sick. But then that Dude, went the, straight into a little counters, bit. I never man. even thought about that. And Danielson does that a lot. Um, where he'll use that armbar as a setup for the label lock, but he just does it so frequently that it just it becomes it, it flows like. Man. Yeah, it, it, he does, you know, and Danielson's got such a, you know, diverse moveset that he can do literally 30 different things differently every match. And it'll feel like, you you know, you don't ever have to feel like, oh, I've seen this before. I feel like every new Danielson match is a new Danielson match. Like, I've never seen this before. Pretty yeah. much every time. That's probably intentional. Um, I like I like that even though he verbally submitted, he also did kind of put him to sleep a little bit. Um. Like he was still kind of out at the end, so that was good. Yeah. Like he held it on just long enough to to do that. It's good stuff. Like good overall match. Um, JAS versus um, BCC is gonna run away with you know storyline of the year without even you know having any it's competition. It's just so back and forth and so constant. There's just man. no. There's doing nothing else that's even been like remotely as as featured. So it's you know like. Every week we've had a match pretty much since the two groups got formed, you know, like, which is fine. It's good. It's, it's actually the best thing on, on AEW TV, to be honest, like, um, besides maybe Jade, but, but she's not on very much. So, um, but yeah, so uh, that's favorites, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so, so let's, uh, we, so got, some, a, we some, got a little some, bit of news here. Some news. Oh, shit. Yeah. We got a couple fun things and, you know, we kind of mentioned earlier, you know, we're, we're some movie buffs here. We, we. Do some movie reviews time to time, and 
This is we're gonna add this one to a list because not only is it an A twenty four movie, it's a movie about the Von Erics, it's the Iron Claw, and AEW star MJF has joined the cast, and he will be playing. I just had it, <laughs> Marshall you Von Erich. You fucked up. I'm just kidding. Marshall Von Erich is actually one of the current wrestlers. But yeah, he he is one of the Von Erichs, I believe. I can't find the actual name now. But yes, uh, Lance Von Erich. Boom. There we go. Marshall Von Erich is the current is a current Von Erich in MLW that commented on it. So he's really cool. And Zach Efron is the star of this. We got Lily James in here. You know, a John Campion loves his Lily James. He, he lets us know that. So. MJF Garrett going Hollywood in an A24 movie. He sold out. He sold out. A24 doesn't fuck around, so that's awesome. No, like, yeah, I think MJF has been hinting at this in a couple of interviews for a while that he's been uh, being cast in movies for a little while. So, I mean, like, you know, I'm not surprised. Uh, this is just even more leverage for his 2024 negotiations because now he's be like, dude, I don't have to even wrestle anymore. I can go be an actor. And he's not the only one. We also had more news this week. AEW's The Bunny will be on more cable TV screens soon. So I actually heard about this a couple she weeks She recently ago. wrapped filming on a new movie for a lifetime. Uh, the Bunny, also known as Laura Dennis, will play the role of Axel in Bad Tenant, which is a homeowner renting a room to a seemingly charming music manager who turns out to be a psychotic con man, and she's one of the clients. So a Lifetime movie. Pretty sweet. So we got... Yeah, the bunny and you know. and MJF. Also, who? Who? <laughs> so, this is uh, something I'm pretty excited about. AEW Fight Forever. You know, there's been updates on the game here and there. You know, as officially come canceled. Out, oh shit! Sorry, wait. No. Yeah, as they've come out, we've we've passed it on here. So here's the thing. This week there was an original story. AW's upcoming video game, Fight Forever, will launch on Xbox Live Game Pass. That's pretty fucking sweet. Dude, that's, I mean, I'm going to actually be means able to actually would play, play it. Because <laughs> I wasn't going to be able to afford that shit. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I'm not paying 60 bucks for the game. Uh, I, I would have totally spent the money on this because I've actually been talking about playing it on, on my stream even because yeah, that uh, they know I do a podcast and I've, I've, I've been slowly melding the worlds together. I don't know why I've avoided doing that for so long. I, I talk about this, uh, you know, my VTubing on the podcast every week. I just, I don't, um, you know, I'm a bit of a bitch sometimes. So anyway, um, you can ask, you can just ask Charlie. I'm really difficult sometimes, but um but hey, it's worth it at the end of the day, I think. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. Like, uh, I'm really excited for this game. It better not suck. If this game sucks, AEW is done. I'm sorry. It's the <laughs> truth. In the mud. So we're going to get some big updates around Full Gear Weekend. I'm, I'm sure. canceling them if I can't play this game for 15 hours straight, all right? <laughs> Canceled. So here, we got some I will personally hold Tony Khan. Khan, man. AW is heading to the United Kingdom, Garrett. This is fucking awesome. Those shows are going to kick ass. The UK crowd is truly one of my favorite things in professional wrestling. And I can't wait to see it. We don't have a date yet, but it will be in 2023. Um, no, <laughs> I saw some people online saying, How big is the pop for Jamie Hayter? Oh my God. It's it's going to be nuts, man. <laughs> I'm, it's literally going to be a pack is going to be so over too. 
Oh my, Pac is going to be... Pac better be in an All-Atlantic. If, if Cassidy should still be the champion, probably, because it's 2023, right? They could do that. Dude, imagine if that's their January show. Their big January show is a UK show. Oh, things could be New nuts. Year's smash in the UK. Which, which it would make sense that it will be at Craven Cottage because that is where the Fulham FC Soccer Club is. So... That would yeah, all make Fulham. sense. I, dude, I would love to see some Fulham players in the crowd for that, too. They should. So, the Young Bucks, right? We all know Young Bucks and Kenny. We're probably going to see them at full gear. Eagerly awaiting their report, returns. The Long Dick Brigade themselves. The Long Dick Brigade. I, I got a notification on my phone today, and I honest, I thought it was Being the Elite, and I like jumped with excitement, but it was a different show. Oh, it shit. just looked like Being the Elite, and I like got so excited. But Bastards. Young Bucks have filed the new trademark, Garrett. The Wayward Sons. Are they going to use? Are they coming out Wayward to Kansas Sun? at full gear? Is Dude, that what's happening? I swear to God, if this happens, I'm so fucking down. Kansas, Don Callis comes out dressed the nines. Like, oh, this would be something special. So that's our last bit of news, Garrett. You know the we know the role now. So what we're gonna do? We're gonna go elevation. Dark, Dynamite, Rampage. Dive through all the cards. Kind of stop here and there on some matches. Give you guys some good thoughts. And uh, yeah, Garrett takes away with Dark Elevation. AEW Dark Elevation, episode 88, which I believe the commentary team for this was, uh, I think, was it was Rick and Bonnie and, uh, and, uh, and the big man again? Uh, I, might be, I might be wrong. I might have been Shiv- It might have been Shiv- Daddy I- Magic. Oh, Daddy Magic. That's right. It's, Daddy, it's been Daddy Magic and, and uh, Paul White. And the, hit the big show. Anyway, yeah, um, you're, yeah, you're right. Paul White and Riccaboni. Oh, I was right. I nailed yeah. it. See, this I, I pay attention to elevation, y'all. I pay attention. Anyway, um, we had Abaddon in this in this match. Love seeing that. Um, pick, picking up. Uh, wait, do what? I love seeing that. Oh yeah, I, I, Abaddon's been kind of like off and on. I don't know if Abaddon's just been like dealing with nagging injuries, or if it's just been like timing and just not the right. You know what I mean? It's not the right week, and just didn't have the use. Because I'm sure Abaddon's there every week for Dark. You know? Yeah, oh, um, it has to be right. Yeah, yeah, I would think. Um, got a little more vicious in this one. Got some fish hook action. Got some high leverage block dahlias for the win. I like to see it. Uh, and then Charlie, the next thing that happened on Elevation, I actually super popped for. I don't know about you, Charlie, two point in a DraftKings ad. I think I remember saying something on this that podcast was actually a couple of weeks cool. ago about Daddy Magic being a fucking phenomenal idea for advertising. That was that was really cool. I wasn't expecting that. I'm going to be honest with you. I said that because it just makes sense. He's a fucking such such a marketable guy. Like, oh my god, anybody out there that's an advertising person has to look at Daddy Magic and be like, and and honestly, and Cool Hand as well. But that, especially the two of them together because their dynamic is electric. But you know, um, just like that little commercial dude that I've never been interested in DraftKings, but I was a little bit after I saw them doing it. I don't know. Like, um, that being said, though, uh, we went on to our next match, which was the uh, eight, excuse me, the AEW, the Ring of Honor six man championship. There's so many six man titles now. Anyway, the Ring of Honor six man championship match. Um, actually, was the title on the line in this? I don't actually know, but uh, point is, it was the six man t- champions. Dalton Castle and the boys taking on the Trust Butler, Slim J, and Ari Davari of the Trust Butler. So the Trust Butlers, the Trust Busters. The Trust Butler is just Jeeves K. But um, <laughs> I, 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 I'm not drunk, I swear. I literally haven't had a drop of alcohol in months. But anyway, um, 
that being said, um, I do love uh, uh, how much the crowd are into Dalton, even when he's just on Tark. Um, it just makes me wish he was used more. There's so many people that should just be they, on TV. Big crowd all the loves time. him, man. But like they just don't have a spot for them. So whenever like Ring of Honor gets TV, Dalton Castle better be like the one of the main features for like this first several months because like it just needs to be that way. But um, I like how Paul White was popped by the boys finally getting names. That was pretty funny. Um, because it shows how much he follows everything. Obviously, um, Slim J did some flippy shit. We got a little bit of bring me a boy, bring and me a bang boy bang for the W, and. Uh, we had a little uh, interview with, um, uh, sorry, we had a little interview with Alex Reynolds. I was going to say it was with Kip Sabian, but it was about Kip Sabian because uh, they were having a match later on in the show. And Alex Reynolds was like, yeah, everyone says Kip Sabian's underrated, but what about me? And I was like, I always talk about how you're underrated. I don't know, but okay. you know." Um, that being said, speaking of underrated talents in AEW, Charlie, mm-hmm. we had an Athena squash up next. And um, we had another goon thrown to the heel Thena meat grinder. Um, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was incredible. We leveled the, she leveled the shit out of her with uh, some forearms. Athena is like snapped, bro. It's 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 happened. I think we can call her a heel at this point. I think it's I think it's fair. Um, I this is not the actions of a good person. Um, I'm curious to see where they're going with it, though, because you locked in that crossface and just wouldn't, wouldn't let go of it, you know? It really is. I think, man, I, I love this new Athena character. And like I, like we were saying, I, I, I think once they bring it to TV, people are going to be in for a well. The people that haven't seen this character yet are going to be in for a real nice surprise. Yeah, that, 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 that meat grinder line. I literally wrote that down as soon as the match started. <laughs> I can't explain to you where the fuck that came from, but it was immediately I was like, yeah, this is what I look forward to the most every week is doing the show, I think. Um, but because I get to just have fun, but not that I can't have fun on my stream, but like it's, it's much more in the moment there, whereas in this, I actually kind of plan out stuff. But anyway, speaking of stuff that was pretty well planned out, we had Trish Dora taking on Kai Mello. Um, she was uh, assisted. Well, I should say assisted. I mean, I'm sure she was assisted in this match. She was accompanied by Sammy Guevara. I know English, I swear. This match was a little boring for my taste, which is so upsetting with Trisha Dora. It's not Trisha's fault. I know um, they should just throw her into some really high profile matches and just let it fucking happen. Yeah, every she's time so she's put good. in somebody like Ty, I'm like, oh, this will be really good, and then it's like five minutes and she loses, and I'm like, oh, okay. Something cool about Trish I learned this week. Like it could have been like this next match where they actually gave it a little bit of time, and even though it's two talents that aren't really that well known in AEW, like like overall, I mean Dante's known now, but he wasn't yeah. really like six eight months ago. You know, so, something um, I kind of learned this week about Trish, yeah, is uh two things. She was trained by the Dudleys. Okay, that's right. Cool. And the Heat. I had to double check this. I don't want to say the wrong branch, but. Okay. She served in the army for eight years. Oh, damn. So really okay. cool. Yeah. I mean, Trisha's money, man. I, I really, I just, I, I throw, I throw her into the meat grinder again, but let him have a fucking 15 minute match this time. I'm down. <laughs> oh, Jesus. That's going to be a new fucking thing. The, the People are going to be like, what the fuck? Anyway. Um, <laughs> So I'm telling you, I have these thoughts sometimes while I'm sitting there watching wrestling. I'm like, is that funny? Nah. And sometimes I don't write it down, so I guess I will now. Uh, speaking of, like I was saying, though, things that uh, that I think were were well uh, well uh, were given time that they needed to 
to uh, actually breathe. I'll get to that in a second, actually, because I forgot there's another AEW heels thing, uh, which is technically different. So I guess I have to say they did do something slightly different, but it still wasn't that interesting. Corporate synergy. Yay. Uh, Dante Martin took on Eli Isom. Um, Isom seems to be pretty good at mat work. Yeah. Like the mentions of him traveling to get some more experience. Cause like, you know, it's at this point and you can't like pretend like Eli Isom's like some like nerd. You actually have to be like, okay, yeah, this is a ring of honor superstar. Cause now people are starting to do like research, you know, like when they have these people on there for one match. Yeah. Um, so anyway, they did a pop-up air raid crash that looked nice, and there was a nose dive for the win. So Dante Martin building some momentum before it all got uh, you know, destroyed in, in one fell swoop by a, a big meat man. Um speaking of Ring of Honor, we had the Ring of Honor Jobber Brigade, which is what I've nicknamed the team of Cheeseburger, Rhett Titus, and Logan LaRue, took on QT, Shoddy Lee, and uh and uh, Cole Carter. Uh, we had another fucking banger line uh, from uh, Paul White this week. We have the personality of a stepped-on frog. I love the fact. I love the beef that he has with with the factory QT Marshall. Seriously, it is yeah. awesome. Yeah, they had a flying side headlock. Uh, the fuck does that mean? Um, the the Ring of Honor guys were actually more interesting in this match. Yo, Cole Carter was just kind of the fucking punching bag. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I was not expecting that. Cutter. And then QT tried to cut a promo, but then he was interrupted by, I'm assuming that was the House of Black. Dude, I have no or Darby. idea what I mean, that is. Darby's already got a match at the pay-per-view, so it's not them. I think I, I think this is someone we have, we, we, we wouldn't even be able to guess. I'm guessing this is someone that's signed, that they're going to start a little bit of a program with QT in the factory. So we yeah. probably couldn't even guess it. Maybe maybe this is Action Andretti and, and something new here. Maybe. So I have no yeah. idea, though. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, they got interrupted in that promo, and he was kind of scared, so they left. Um, they it's kind of cool, Kingston. Yeah, 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 it was interesting. It's it's something to play with on Dark. It's an actual – it's something I've been asking for for a while, an actual storyline on Dark. Maybe so. Full Gear pre-show. Yeah, could be if there even is one. We haven't had one announced yet. So get a ground sure zero going. One. Yeah. So yeah. So speaking of people that will be on full gear potentially, or maybe not, um, we have Eddie Kingston because you never know with this fucking guy. Anyway, we have Eddie Kingston <laughs> and Ortiz taking on. Uh, you know, I don't. I didn't write down who it was. They took on some jobbers. Um, they're a well-oiled machine of a team. They did some suplexes, stretch plum. Eddie's still unable to be contained. Um, this continued over on to dark, so we'll get to that when we get over to you. Um, we had Kip Sabian taking on Alex Reynolds. He was accompanied by Penelope Ford. So was this must have been taped out of order because I thought she got. Didn't they say she got hurt, or maybe she wasn't actually hurt? I don't know. Maybe she's healed. I, I don't know what the deal was there. Yeah, I never saw any official announcement about an injury, so maybe that was like a storyline thing. I don't know. She just wasn't there. So um, now she's back. So that's good. Uh, Alex Reynolds. Uh, played a little bit of mind games back and forth between each other. Um, I thought this was kind of like a battle of like the underrated beasts, though. They kind of just hang out on dark and they don't really get the respect that they deserve. Kip's still in the running for me for for most underrated, you know, star. I think even though he hasn't had much time in in actually the rotation of wrestlers this year, but uh, I think he could still get that title. I don't think you have to be available for the whole year to be super underrated. I think maybe not. I don't know. Um, but you know. 
uh, it's funny because I, I must have been having a real tough time with Dark lately or something because I was like, at least when you put two actual wrestlers in a wrestling match, you're going to get a real wrestling match. <laughs> so I must have just not been feeling Dark lately. But um, <laughs> was it a good Tiger Driver? Excuse me, a good Tiger Driver spot. Um, and then they got it was an actual match that ended on a roll up. I thought that was good, you know. Yeah. Um, because it was reversed by Sabian. Like, uh, you know, he just got like caught up. He tried so hard. He's like, "This is my last shot." And then it, 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 it didn't quite make it. All right. <clears throat> and then in the main event of the evening, we had Angelico uh, and the Butcher and the Blade taking on Rocky Romero in The Best Friends, who were accompanied by Dan Housen and the Bunny, respectively. Um, so, yeah, I'm guessing this was taped a while ago because Angelico was in. And it, I haven't heard anything about Angelico being at any of the tapings for a while. So but I, mean, I don't watch, I don't look at all the tapings results or anything, but I just, I haven't, I feel like when Angelico is on there, it's featured usually, you know, um, even though he's not like a big top star, they still like, they like Angelico. So anyway, um, but maybe it wasn't, I don't know who knows anymore. Uh, we had a shin slicer from Angelico. That was a good submission. Uh, they, they built up a nice hot tag. I, th- I thought Blade actually sold pretty well in this match. I think I usually write that in pretty about every match Blade's featured in. They did a triple knee strike spot at one point. Uh, Trent's balls were destroyed. Dan Housen got their revenge with a dick punch. And then uh, they got the W. And then Chuck Taylor did a cheeky little tear- chair shot tease on uh, on Trent. And uh, I, I don't know what the hell that was about, but that was fun. Um, so, yeah, that was uh, episode 88 of Dark Elevation. Charlie. Take us through AEW Dark, episode 169. Nice. Yeah, so this uh, was also taped in Baltimore, Maryland. We kick us off with uh, Zach Clayton taking on Blake Lee. Who? Who? Zach Clayton um, hit a quick uh, fisherman suplex, an elevated fisherman suplex. He got the quick uh, one, two, three. Bro, I Ross. can't believe they opened up a show without with somebody who's not even a real wrestler. Right. Like, who? What? who the hell is this? Kayla Rossi with the Diamond Sheik <laughs> took on her royal thinus. Kayla Rossi. This might have been my favorite match of the night. Um, That's uh, her royal thinus to you, sir. <laughs> Kayla Rossi. Uh, and she ended up winning this. She uh, drove her into the mat with a brain buster for the win. And yeah, this was a. Uh, this is uh, enjoyable. The guns took on BK Klein and Jarrett Diaz. Just gonna just gonna blow past that match so I don't have any time to say. <laughs> and uh, the guns were cosplaying as FTR. Yeah, Colton hit him with a Colt forty five for the win. And yeah, the guns. Cool. Peter Avalon took on Brandon Cutler. <laughs> match of the year candidate right here for sure. Nerds. The friggin. Nerds, nerds. I mean, I BT got, I got nothing to say about this. I mean, this it's was a BT. It's a BT match, man. That's like what it is, you know. Like, yeah, this is Truth. this is exactly what you'd think it is. They did funny stuff. Oh, yeah. great! Yeah, pretty much. Avalon Matisse a chair. Leva Bates came out and yanked it out of his hands, and then uh, Avalon. What was that about? She's a fucking heel, isn't she? What the hell? Hey, man, I don't make the rules. Apparently, neither does <laughs> AEW. The Factory, QT Marshall, and Cole Carter defeated the Blondes, Griff Garrison, and Brian Pillman Jr. So Garrison and Marshall kicked us off, and uh, 
Yeah. Charlie? Marshall came out of nowhere. I got one question for you. With, uh, Is it fucking QT Marshall or Marshall? Ah, I say both. I can't help it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Anna J.A. <laughs> defeated C.O. Nieves. Uh, she submitted her with a signature Queenslayer. G.G. And Athena yeah, yeah. threw Diamante into the uh, the meat grinder. Yeah. Uh, wait, there was one more match. You, you missed the match, buddy. Buddy, buddy, buddy. There was Kip Sabian versus Marcus Cross, bud. I actually don't even have that written down. Really? Okay. Yeah. So well, what happened was, here? Uh, they just did a little athletic stuff. Okay. Uh, I was actually thinking based on this match that um, I still think Marcus Cross would be a great get for Ring of Honor. Yeah. Agreed. Kip had a really, really cool moment in this match with the crowd where he kept going up and down with his arms and they were following him. And it was kind of like he was a maestro conducting the crowd. Okay. That's um, really cool. So he's really over with the crowd right now. And I think there's something there. So I really wanted to showcase this match. Book, book uh, Kip Sabian on the show is more. Please. Thank you. I am totally down with that. And Athena picking up the big dub over Diamante. I had a funny little uh, audio I'm trying to play, but uh, apparently they don't want to work tonight. So GG. Unless they're spamming over and over in the uh, the finished version of this, and to that I am sorry. But if so, it's just even more common. <laughs> yeah, if so, that's I, how that works. It's you know, it's it's not funny until it's actually funny again. <laughs> it was the Peter Parker. I'm going to put some dirt in your eye. Yeah, Powerhouse Hobbs defeated Rico Gonzalez. He's building up towards TNT champ Wardlow. The Dark Order: John Silver, Eva Uno, and Alex Reynolds with negative one defeated Troy. Motherfucking Hollywood. Ativula and Fulton. Uh, Fulton debut here for AEW, formerly of uh, NXT and uh, had a pretty big role on Impact. So he was in uh, the group with Eric Young. God, I forgot their names on NXT. Sanity? There it is. He was he was in it, and then something happened. He got replaced by Killian Dane and GG. This is the match. Eddie Kingston and Ortiz defeated A.R. Fox and Caleb Conley with a K. And uh, I was actually pretty excited for this. Honestly, Fox has kind of gotten a little bit of stuff, but this wasn't anything too special. And yeah. uh, Conley got manhandled. And Kingston caved in Conley's chest with a few chops, allowing Ortiz to come in and hit a fisherman bomb for the victory. Interim AEW Women's Champion Tony Storm and Akaru Shida took on Emi Sakura and May Saruga. I think this match was made for us. Um, I'm going to be straight Certainly up. was made for me. It, it was. This this was awesome, man. Um, I love this tag team of Storm and Cheetah. And then Sakura and Saruga always put a smile on my face. I always look forward to their matches. So I've decided what I want the faction that May Saruga has slowly been building to be called. Okay. Uh, or sorry, 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 sorry that uh, Evie Sakura has been building not Mesuruga. What am I talking about? Uh, I want it to be like a throwback to the old school uh, All Japan stables, and I want it to be called uh, Sakura Goon. And uh, I think that'd be cool. Like, you know how you had like um, I am Suzuki so Goon down with that <laughs> and call it Sakura Goon and maybe have Suzuki like approve of it because they have like a little relationship, you know what I mean? So, oh, I, yeah, I would love that. Um, hey, maybe call it I am down with that, that but. Sakura Goon or something like that, or maybe, maybe, maybe if you're trying to put over Saruka, maybe call it Saruka Goon or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, good stuff. Our final match here: Blackpool Combat Club, Claudio Casanoli and Will Yuta 
defeated the wingman, says our Bononian Ryan Nemeth. And yeah, Yuta Nemeth kicked this off. There were some uh, different submissions, Nemeth escaping them all. Bononi got in, beat down Yuta using his big old size difference. And uh, yeah, I mean, this was all about Yuta trying to get the Is hot tag to Claudio. And once Claudio finally got the hot tag, he just went ape shit, beat the hell out of everyone. And he pinned Nemeth with, he tapped him with the sharpshooter. So yeah, Blackpool Combat Club, main eventing, it's always a good sign. I mean, that's always going to get a reaction from the crowd, those two. So. Absolutely. We'd love to see it. And uh, yeah, Garrett, let's. Uh, let's Speaking of things we love to see, let's get into Dynamite. Yeah, let's jump right in. So kicking us off with Dynamite. AW Tag Team Champions, The Acclaimed, and FTR, The Acclaimed, defeated the Guns <laughs> and Swerve in Our Glory. Uh, Garrett, what did you think of this match? Macaulay Culkin in the crowd? He, fight, he fucking might have been. What did, what did you think of this If one? that wasn't him, that guy looks exactly like him. Anyway, <laughs> they cut to him twice, though. That's why I thought it might have been him. <laughs> Honestly, it, it might have been. Uh, so... Yeah, Garrett, uh, any any notes on this one that you had? Uh, Billy Gunn uh, took out Swerve a little bit. Uh, yeah. Some, oh, scissor me, daddy. Um, and uh, Swerve has just got like a unique style, man. Um, he does. Which I really like. We had some quadruple corner punches going on. Uh, FTR scissored the acclaimed. Hey, yo. Avalanche duplex into a pile. Yeah, exactly. Um it's exactly it's exactly how it sounded. That's exactly what happened. They put it on TV. Um, it was it was wild. Um, but uh, you know, TV fourteen went to went to rated X immediately. Anyway, no. Um, the avalanche <laughs> suplex into the pile looked pretty good. That's a spot I don't think I've actually seen where they actually did that onto a pile of people. Um, and I just thought it was a really good match to open the show with. We haven't had like a good hot eight man tag start in a while. I feel like we haven't seen a multi man tag match like this in a while that wasn't like for a championship. So like, yeah, I love these things, man. Let's let's let them fucking cook. Exactly. So yeah, good stuff. I like it. Agreed. And and I thought of the best parts here, the little bit of tension at the end there too with the FTR and the acclaimed. It's like they know what they're doing, man. That those nice little teases. We just we eat that shit up. So. Um, Morrissey fucking cracking Harwood with one of those big boots was a was a pretty sick moment to me, and yeah. So after that match, how are they not using Morrissey? By the way, that's incredible to me. That it's like, ah, oh, he's a background guy. Okay, I guess. Yeah, I mean, he's just kind of there right now. So I don't know. Uh, we jump to MJF on the Pardon My Take radio show. And he's just cutting this fucking really sick promo. Of course, it's, of course he is. It's MJF, right? He's kind of comparing himself to generational talents, Bruno San Martino, John Cena, and The Rock, among others. Doesn't like Moxley, but he respects him because he get, he had to work his ass off to get to where he's at. MJF was born to do this, to act in movies. <laughs> Wave the flag of AW and back pro wrestling. Bring pro wrestling back to where it is. And MJF said the spotlight on AEW has always been stolen from him. Listed some examples, and one of the main ones was the uh, press conference. That that really stole his spotlight. And saying William Regal he tried died to on pretend the wrong like horse. it didn't too for a while, which was kind of crazy. Like everyone would have accept, accepted him saying that sucked, you know. Like, but he just decided to be like, "Nah, fuck you, I'm MJF." And he was right, but it was still like, you know, he had to feel that, you know. Yeah. 
This was a this was a tape promo, and it really worked, man. Uh, God, I'm so glad MJF is back, and and this this storyline with him and Moxley is really something cool. I I'm really excited to see how things turn out because it's it's so up in the air. Like he could lose this, and everyone will be like, yeah, yeah, he, he could, and God help us. People does. people would be pissed because they're like, oh, this feels like the time. But can you imagine how much bigger of a moment would it be if he lost his first title match because he tried to earn it, and then he went and he became even more dastardly of a heel because of that? Yeah. Well, well, he did lose to Moxley at the one pay per view, so I don't know. I'm saying like, like yeah, I'm so torn. he doesn't have. To, I know what like, you mean win. by trying to win it legit. Though I, I feel like it makes the the 2024 thing feel so much further removed from if that's I feel like how far removed he is from his championship reign actually does affect that negotiation. Just him having been champion doesn't mean shit. There's plenty of people in the company that have held championships. Like, yeah, even the championships in AEW, like, you know, that don't immediately get to negotiate for high. It means you're a more invaluable wrestler, but I'm going to be honest with you. I'm, I'm, I don't think Sammy Guevara is getting a, a, that much bigger of a contract. I think it's more because of what he's been doing with the JAS if it is than him winning the TNT championship, you know, like, um, <laughs> and then so. Stokely cuts one of my favorite promos, uh, another pre tape <laughs> promo about growing up with MGF, but he forgot where he came from. Stokely goes on to say MGF's been dick riding John Moxley without a license. He doesn't need MGF, <laughs> but he's going to do this without him and he'll see Max in hell. This is why you brought him in, right? The funny video. Like Stokely is literally like, so like, I don't know how Stokely ever got released. That's insane. I can't believe like. the guy is so fucking talented. Well, they released 2.0 also. I mean, imagine that's got to be the biggest miss of all the releases of just random superstars has got to be 2.0. Like They just let them simmer. Oh. And they never even used them. Uh, it's still some amazing part of me. Is they never fucking it's kind them. of insane. Uh, Ethan Page takes on Eddie Kingston in the title eliminator tournament. So during this match, this is where Tony Schiavone mentioned AW is going to the UK. And yeah, I mean, we were kind of talking before the show. Uh, we, I, I felt like this match didn't hit the groove that it necessarily wanted to. And they Excalibur, of course, ran down the history between mm-hmm. these two, ranging from cage matches, I quit matches, and promotions like AIW, AAW. The crowd, again, super into Eddie Kingston. And yep. yeah, man, I just... And Ethan Page is over as a heel right now. He is. And I think um, I think this is the right winner, actually. Everything worked in this match. I think everything on paper worked. I think it looked good in the ring. I think the match worked. I think it was the right amount of time. I just don't know why it just didn't quite sometimes you have everything going correctly and it just doesn't quite work. I don't know why. Like um hey. I tell you, this match did at least get one consolation prize this week, Charlie. It had a hell of a spot in it at the end. Um do you mind if I just go straight yeah, to go, that really quickly? Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Yeah, so we the, the way this match ended was the only way you can beat Eddie Kingston is with a big gigantic move, obviously, and that's the way it should be. Eddie Kingston's a fucking monster. You know what I mean? So we had an avalanche ego's edge off the top, which, I mean, Charlie, there's only one thing you could say to that. Damn. Yeah, so <laughs> we don't have the sound bites this week. I apologize, everybody, but because, uh, you know, everything likes to break as soon as you have something that works. Um <laughs> It's really how too. it works, though. Like, they were working literally earlier, is. too. It was um, literally we tested it like like thirty seconds before we went live. Uh, it's not even a joke. Like anyway, 
you can't you can't plan this. But stuff. Ethan Page with the Ron Simmons Award, man, is this is this his first? I think so. Okay, we love to see that. So he goes on to face a Bandito, which that's gonna fucking hump. Uh, I am down with that. Renee Paquette, she's backstage with Jose, the assistant, Roosh, and the Dark Order. Jose said he wanted 10 there specifically because when Roosh wins, he likes 10, so he'll get the first title shot. Already calling out title shots for Roosh. I like it. I like the confidence, Hell Jose. Hell yeah. Um, Uno, Reynolds, and Silver will never get one. Silver called Roosh a Roosh bag, and there was a pull-apart. <laughs> and, yeah, so this storyline is still is still hanging on here. 10 and Roosh. I don't know what the end game is, other than maybe 10 joining their little group. Uh, I think the end game is Roosh versus Hungy. I think that's clearly what they've been going with this the whole time. This whole 10 storyline was just to get to that match, which is really silly. What if they but, have like know, a 17-minute bloodbath on a rampage? I'm I'm here for it. <laughs> you down with it? Just, yeah, just a go for fucking it. bloodbath. Fuck it. We had an Orange Cassidy versus Shibata blood bloodbath. Let's go for it again. Let's run it back. Uh, Ari Davari is in the ring with Trust Butler, Jeeves K, and Jeeves K. And he wants the TNT title, which immediately brought out Wardlow and Samoa Joe. And there's an impromptu uh, TNT title match on our hands. Here's the thing. And it's over. Uh, Wardlow just beats his ass. One, two, three, four power bombs. Correct? Yeah, four. Something power like bomb that. symphony. The crowd's doing their thing. La, da, 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 da. Powerhouse Hobbs was <laughs> called out. He came to the stage and Wardlow said the TNT <laughs> title will always will be his. And it take every title in the company. Samoa Joe right on cue. Wait, that includes the women's championships. Hold on. Ayo. Uh, Samoa Joe right on cue. Wiped out Wardlow when he heard that line. Choked him out with a sleeper. Joe stared Hobbs down the ramp. Said he kicked Joe's ass too. So these guys are not in uh, They're not in cahoots here. But is this setting up a triple threat at full gear? God, I hope not. Is this, this going to be the meat slapping meat fest of all meat kind? I mean, if it is the meat slap and meat fest, it'll be a hell of a lot of meat getting slapped. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Damn. And uh, <laughs> I'm cool with it, I guess, right? I mean, Wardlow's beset on all side by enemies. I guess that's the story they want to constantly tell with Wardlow. Uh, before, they totally fucking missed the camera shot, by the way, here. Uh, Joe went to go crack him, and <laughs> they turned away. Uh, someone got reamed out for that. There's like four Bastard. times recently I can think of this happening. It happens all the time in AEW. I don't know who the fuck that was a bad one. the board for them. Yeah. But fucking hire me to do it. I've literally done it before. Not for an actual television show, but in practice at the very least and done it successfully. So Yeah, that was like Yeah. So this is something they teach you in college these days, is all I'm saying. You know what I mean? Anyway, um and honestly I think that's more on the producer than it is on the actual person switching it, if I had to guess. But yeah, the person calling the shots. Yeah, yeah. Just I think, which I I think is Tony. I think no, I don't think he's calling the that. shots in the truck. That's usually who did in WWE was Vince, wasn't it? Who would call no, the camera? No, that, that was that. Uh, uh, fuck Kevin. No, something. Oh, that's right. Dunn. Uh, Dunn. Kevin Dunn. Yeah. yeah, that's who would. So that's true. Actually, fair enough. I forgot about that. So Renee right. Paquette, she's backstage with Jade Cargill and the Baddies. That sounds like a like a stage like a music stage name. Jade Cargill and the Baddies. It's official at full gear with Jade versus Nyla Rose for the TBS title. Jade said she'll handle Nyla on Rampage. Okay. Uh, Okay. We love Renee Paquette backstage, by the way. Absolutely. She is uh, still just a nice, a nice, slowly holding down the entire nice presence, honestly, like genuinely. So legitimizing too, it feels like. 
because she's like legit like she's worked with wwe and all that you know then let's jump into dr Britt baker and soraya face to face now the the promo wasn't a hundred percent clean right this right. this wasn't the cleanest promo possible no but the passion was there the can I say something though? I think it might be the actual best women's promo segment in AEW history, which is not saying much, but you know, it the the passion in it may may have made it. And now, Doctor Brubaker and Soraya, they, they they were exchanging blows. You could tell Soraya here was on the verge of tears because she she's finally able to say she's one hundred percent cleared, and you know. She the the thing that the crowd didn't really react to was the line of, you know, Soraya saying to Britt Baker, "Really, you don't know what it like." Kind of like you don't know what it takes. They didn't they didn't react to it well at first. Like, okay, I gotta say, I saw some people arguing that that she couldn't say that to Britt Baker because Britt Baker's been wrestling for three years in AEW now, and I was like, yeah, but that's her entire career. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I like the crowd didn't react to it because Britt Baker has been their biggest star, but that's okay. Yeah, like to them, she, to an AEW fan, Britt Baker is the biggest women's wrestling star in the world. Because if you just watch AEW women's wrestling, that's what you think. But if you watch any other women's wrestling, you'd know that's obviously not the case. Britt is very up there. I think Britt makes the top ten, but maybe the top twenty. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. But like, but there. So but it's 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 hard to say that compared even comparing her to other AEW women's wrestlers, they've had longer careers. It's just not fair to Britt. You know what I mean? Like exactly. So there was some really good lines here. One of them was uh, Soraya. One was was Britt saying to Soraya that she's jealous of her old leaving her old house to walk into Brits. That she doesn't like walk-ins and bitch make an appointment, which even popped Taz. Again, I play my Taz thing here. Uh, oh. uh, Soraya said Baker was given her position by Tony Khan, fed QT Marshall's trainees, and been in front of the camera for three years. While Soraya has been in this game for 17 years, she was hit by a car, wrestled the same day. She loves this business. To me, we had our John Moxley, I want the ball. This this is our Soraya. How, how do we... Is this her uh, she loves this business promo? Or is this her 100% cleared promo? We'll figure it out over time, but she went on to say she'd been embarrassed publicly, battled drug addiction publicly, given her neck to this business. And I think at this point, the crowd is totally back after the the Tony Khan lines and stuff like that, that they didn't really react to. But man, Garrett, this was, oh, this was some good shit. It's her Brit Breaker promo. No, I'm just kidding. The Brit um, Breaker. And no, we've had some Brit. really good monologues this week. She's, she's going to be the third wrestler to give Brit a bloody nose. Yes. <laughs> hey man, on no, Andor this week we had some fourth. we had some insane monologues and pain and page. Wow, Saraya here, <laughs> shame, shame. Saraya here cut a really beautiful promo and yeah. So uh, clearly, any other thoughts on this? And uh, Saraya and Britt Baker at full gear. She's a hundred percent cleared. Awesome. I'm excited. Um... I'm I'm really I this is a wrestler that I got to see right as she was like coming into the business and I was super excited she became one of my favorites real fast and then her career ended and then there was like a second chance with the the when she brought in Absolution and then a third chance when she brought in the Kabuki Warriors and none of that worked out so I'm just glad to see Soraya 
uh, actually getting a chance yeah. to potentially get another chance at being a top women's wrestler in the world. Cause I think she is, I think she always has been. Um, but she's never really had a chance to show that in a really meaningful way. And I think this is her shot. And I think it starts with Britt Baker at full gear. This is going to be a big match. We have three women's matches at full gear. That's something that we had been talking about and that uh, Saraya had been talking about. So it's really nice. Uh, she she dropped her with the formerly known Rampage to stand tall. So I'm sure that'll get a little uh, a new name. Backstage, Sanjay Dutt, Jay Lethal, and Satnam Singh are with Cutie Marshall, The Factory. Dutt paid Cole Carter for his services last week until best friends Orange Cassidy and Danhausen interrupted. Lee Johnson and Orange Cassidy for the Atlantic title was made on Rampage, while Trent Breda and Jay Lethal was made literally right now. And uh, it's actually a really funny... Uh, just the way that this started with Sanjay, Jay Lethal, and Sadam Singh, they're just kind of doing their own thing. Sub scumbag. I just imagine they're just doing, you know, heel, like, heel business. What do you call me a scumbag for? You want to fight me about it? I'm like, sure, <laughs> we'll have a match. It's just like this is, this is straight out of the office. <laughs> this is like it's funny. Funny. actually that's like perfect that's what it felt like to me especially the way that Sanjay <laughs> and Jay were sitting in the what? scene the way they framed it like I bet that's how they were thinking they're just about in their it. little that's corner different. healing it up that's what I'm gonna call it they're healing it up and uh healed it up it's just this is the way it had to go this is the way Satnam's being a big boy mm, big strong boy so Jay Lethal Trent Peretta take us through this what, what did you think about this match here yeah, it's good stuff. It wasn't like a spectacular match or anything. Like, um, I, I hope these guys actually get a chance when one of them has a championship because I feel like that that match is incredible. But this match is just it's fine. They worked the leg a little bit. They did some good stuff. Um, weirdly, I said in my notes, I kind of wish it had a little bit less time. I think maybe it went a little long, is what that means. Okay, um, which is probably fine. Um, when Satnam got knocked off the ring, he landed on his feet. Charlie, pretty nuts. Uh, what the fuck. That's not natural. Um, yeah, so I want to see more from Satnam. I really like Satnam. He looks like an athletic freak. So that's all I. That's all. Satnam is a distraction around Jay Lethal right now. We need to do something with Satnam. Um, that's. I think that's what this notes tells me. It's a good match though. I like Trent. I like Jay. Uh, both are kind of just in the middle of stuff right now. You know, with Orange Cassidy not really having. Do we have an opponent for Orange at the pay per view yet? I don't think so. Um, I don't think so. So um, I don't even know who that would be. So maybe it'll just be a random challenge on the show that that could happen. Um, that would be really, really, really awkward though on a pay per view. But eh, it's Orange Cassidy. If you pull something out of your ass like a Shibata, though, people will react. Right? Exactly. I don't know who that would be. You know who would be awesome because he's already had an All Atlantic Championship match this year. It'd be great if they brought in Shooter for that. Um, Ooh, but okay. Because then you get Shooter on John Moxley, big pay, vulgar pay-per-view. I... Yeah. Anyway. Um, I'd buy in. I'd buy in. Oh, God. The next segment. Kill me. <laughs> uh, Tony Sch- This one, Tony Schiavone, tried to interview Sanjay and crew, but was told to buzz off as he introduced Jeff Jarrett. Hearing my world. It, it, so my world was on AEW Dynamite. Um, Jarrett said his debut had a million views of Randonna's accomplishments of Dutt, Lethal, and Singh. I really like the the putting over of Satnam Singh because that is a very important thing that they need to mention when he wrestles. This is a big deal. He was the first yes. ever first ever uh, born Indian in the NBA. That's a big thing. That's massive. So and He's massive. 
Uh, he's screaming this whole fucking promo. Uh, he's calling out Sting and Allen. He's get, trying to get stagehands, trying to wrap him up. Um, all right, I'm going to say it right here. He's the third one in about uh, two months to do this. The the wrapping up of the stagehand thing is dead. Jarrett killed it officially. I don't want to see it ever again. Is it re- is it, is it actually a planned segment? Because if it is, it's yes, the worst it planned segment ever. It is because he puts the fucking he put the guitar through him, right? Uh, he, he tried to. No, this is MJF's was clearly planned. Eddie Kingston's was planned, and this was planned. I don't like it. It works with MJF and Eddie Kingston because we fucking buy it with their characters. Well, we also buy. We also agree with Eddie Kingston and. Yes. Like, yes, continue this promo. Like, we agreed. Don't, and so it's time to end like, it. Like, that's it's, why Jarrett's getting wrapped up because no one wants to. No it, one it, to worked, hear that. it worked the first time really well. So they clearly were like, Eddie, go ahead and try this. It worked well with him. You don't need Jeff fucking Jarrett to do it. I, I don't care about this match. It's also weird that now two weeks in a row he's run down people on the crew. That's so strange. It's like a it's like a fucking breaking in of the crew that I'm not <laughs> into at all. That I think just is not is not necessary. It's not needed. Yeah, anymore. this this was really yeah, and if that's um, all storyline and I'm getting worked, brother, then Jared, Sting I'm sorry, storylines fucking suck. Yeah. That's all I'll say. Sting and Allen versus Lethal and Jared. <sighs> uh, Renee Paquette is backstage with Jungle Boy Jack. Can I say I think the match is going to fucking be great? By the way, I think I it'll be so, a great man. match, but it'll probably not matter at all. I'm not. I don't want to see Jared wrestle in this company. I don't care for that. And I don't think this match is going to win me over because him and Sting in the ring, it's really not going it, to – it's it's not – it's fucking Undertaker Shawn Michaels. Be, it will, it will not be the worst Undertaker Jeff Jarrett match. It's fucking Undertaker Shawn Michaels. It will not be the worst Jeff Jarrett <laughs> match you watched this year. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, no, Sting, Sting has Flair's been match, fucking so awesome. So I'm going to give him It his can't credit. be worse than Ric Flair's match. If it's worse than Ric Flair's match, then I'm retiring as a wrestling, like, wrestling person. <laughs> Um, Jungle Boy Jack Perry, he said, Luchasaurus and Christian Cage don't decide when it's over for them. He's a champion. He's a challenge regarding full gear for both of them, but he wants to do it face to face on Rampage. So, this is Rampage, baby. Rampage, baby. John Moxley is out there with Lord William Regal. This is a, a in ring promo for Moxley. Lots of promos here. And. He said he met Regal when he was 25 and full of piss and vinegar, thinking he knew it all. He wanted to be just like Regal, looking for his respect. He picked a fight with Regal, tortured Moxley, allowed Moxley to work harder, came back to get his revenge, knocking Regal's head off with a knee, referenced their feud in FCW. He said this reminds him of young MJF, who he fought in 2020, beat him, and now MJF wants his revenge. Beautiful story they're setting up here, by the way. I mean, they're laying the groundwork for their own story. With this whole MJF and Regal and Moxley, like, kind of trifecta thing we got going on? Well, it's like, because if we're being real, if you had planned out what MJF's uh, title match was going to be, you would have done Punk, because that was the biggest story in AEW history. But because it's not that, you realize when you look at Punk, or excuse me, when you look at Mox versus MJF, because we've already done it, there's the history there, and AEW loves to do that, the callbacks to the previous matches in their own lineage, let alone previous matches outside of AEW. So I think... On paper, you'd say Punk, but if you actually really broke it down by the storyline history, it should be Mox, probably. Let's be real. He almost beat him once. Then he got beat which in a move that 
was technically banned, so it's a little unclean. You know what I mean? So it's like there's that history there. So it makes complete sense for them to be the for, for John Moxley to be the one that MJF beats for the championship. It actually makes a lot of sense storyline wise. It does, and Moxley. His cadence here was just really – I loved his cadence of this promo and the the back and forth, the slow talking. It was really good. He goes on to say, MJF puts on the image of a tough guy pro wrestler when his mother buys his clothes at J.C. Penney's. MJF calls himself a pillar when he doesn't know what it's like to have to carry anything on his back. Sheesh. God, man, what the hell? Between Soraya and John Moxley and fucking Andor this week, dude, we're just getting fucking oh, – these, these monologues. Uh, MJF also calls himself the devil. But Moxley said he's seen the devil and MJF is not it. Beautiful fucking line from Moxley here. Moxley said he wants to know what MJF is made of. And at full gear, he's going to find out. Everything MJF has done up to this point has been easy. So, yeah, man. Uh, any any other notes from this uh, promo that you had that you that you like? Uh, just, I'm really excited to see, like, I'm, I, you know, this is going to be a massive, massive match. Uh, MJF. Can only stands to gain no matter what happens. Um, I I'm just really excited to see where they go with it, man. I this and we haven't even talked about this yet because I feel like if we do, it's gonna make us so anticipate. But Charlie, how great is this match gonna be in the ring too? Oh my fucking god! I really think Mox's role this year. If Mox puts on another banger with MJF, dude, I might have to give him Wrestler of the Year. I might just be Dunzo for Shunzo. I think that's I think that's going to be it. I think it's that match right there and the FTR match. Those are the last two matches we're going to watch, and then maybe what FTR does at um because that's going to be in December, right? That pay per view. Yeah. So and and you know M- MJF so that pay per view. Whoever they face, that's got to be them versus the Elite, right? At Ring of Honor Final Battle. Ooh. Could be. Could be. So. Well, I guess the Elite have to have the championships then, but well, I guess it have to be for all of them. They could try and win the Ring of Honor's off of them. Anyway, my point is. FTR at final battle and 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 Japan that we just heard about notwithstanding, I think that match could decide wrestler of the year right there for us. Like that's, that's a good way of putting it. That's a good way of putting it. So another video package about the disappearance of the elite is aired, this time with more highlights of their careers across the globe, including pic- photos of them with Adam Cole, Cody, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Finn Balor. Baby. So the full gear design is shown with a ticking clock. I miss Adam Cole. I really do too, man. I, I also miss Cody. Can we have Adam Cole do some managing for a little bit for <laughs> Reynolds and Silver as Budge, please? <laughs> budge. Oh, there's a big old debate online this week about a lot of people feel like AEW hasn't felt the same since Cody left. Oh, Cody finally admitted he was a heel, by the way, on Twitter. Uh, this is something we had talked about uh, last year when we were doing the show is his run last year in January. Cody was the fucking heel. This year, actually. It was this year in January. You can go back on our shows. We we mentioned multiple times, Cody is the heel. This is the storyline. But some people just never bought it. So, hey, whatever. Yeah, a lot of people just refused to accept that he had accepted it. Yes. Point. And we were like, no, he's leaned in. He he's has not fully so, leaned in. He's not so brash that he's refusing the crowd at this point. He knows. That's why he's, refu- that's why he's leaning into it more, because he knows it's going to get heat. You know, like, it's not like he was literally just doing it to get... Because he knew, like, it was getting him more heat. People, we've seen what people in wrestling do when they're getting heat when they weren't expecting to. They change what they're doing, and then it usually changes the reaction. You know what I mean? So he didn't change it. That means he knew what he was doing. Uh, yeah, it's, it's silliness. It's a whole thing, but you know, I'm glad. I, I just, I'm glad I remember that too. 
He used the heat that they were creating for themselves against them. It was great. It's brilliant. It was brilliant. It's why he's on such a roll right now. He's a brilliant wrestling mind. Like, let's be real. I hope he wins the Royal Rumble. So, uh, a video package about Danielson and Guevara and their two out of three falls is shown. He said all the disrespect he's endured in the past month is going to result in him taking out his frustrations by kicking Guevara's head in. All right. So, before that match, we have one more match. Jamie Hayter defeated... Sky Blue with interim <laughs> AW Women's World Champion Tony Storm. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, a majority I of this, like match, this match, <laughs> a majority of this match took place during commercial. But yeah, this this was really an, a Jamie Hater establishment match of the sense of she can beat the shit out of someone, right? Yes, we already know that. We, we know that, but they need they wanted to get it on TV where. She just fucking crushes someone straight up. That was that was the whole point here. And it's someone we all like. It's Sky Blue. They want Jamie Hader to be the heel here. They want Tony Storm out there looking a little a little fearful, if you will. Um, great match to watch. Uh, I agree with Taz. There's too many Tonys now. So is it? Tom, are we going with Tommy Shivani or Matt Shivani for Shivani's new name? Uh, I'm gonna go Matt. Shivani. So Shivani. Yeah, this uh, Hader ended up countering. The, uh, Dude, there was a really clean code red actually. That they hit. Yeah, is that code red? Is that like is that Sky Blue's secret spot? Do you think that she just super knows how to do well? Because it feels like it is. Yeah, she hits that spin kick and then a code red. Imagine her ball. and Darby hitting that move together. It'd be incredible. I like Sky Blue. I really I do. do. Too. She's a really good wrestler. She just doesn't get used enough. No, but I'm loving this little Madison Madison uh, storyline in with her and yeah, 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 yeah. So. Madison with one Y and two N's, but not where you think. All right. Um, <laughs> video package of Brian Cage and Dante Martin shown highlighting their title eliminator match on Rampage. All right. Alex Marvez is hoping to interview Ricky Starks about the title eliminator tournament. When he turns his head, Lance Archer has Starks by the neck. Bro, Alex Marvez needs to stop being booked. Every time he's booked as the interviewer, someone gets their shit kicked out of them. They, they really do, though. It's, hold on. What if we find out he's in on it? Oh, shit. What if he lets people? Because he knows he's going to get, like, alone time. So we get this whole thing where he's letting people beat the fuck out of each other. He's just got, like, what if, these like, are fake promo. These are fake interviews. They're just setups. Like, What if someone puts out a hit piece in kayfabe and they're like, I've been leaning. I'll tell you who needs to put out oh the hit God, piece. Oh, my God. I know who, too. It's Smart Mark Sterling. Okay. 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 I, was, I thought you were going to go with the RJ City. Oh yeah, RJ City would be great, but I don't. RJ City doesn't get on on TV, so someone yeah, but if, someone but puts St- out the Sterling hit piece. gets on TV enough, he could start a case against them. Against maybe he. Oh, I know how this works. You set this up, so you have a week where you don't have Woods there, and it's just uh, Sterling and uh, and uh, 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 Tony backstage, and he gets the shit kicked out of him, and he sets a lawsuit against him, and he's yes. like, "Yeah," and it's not against the wrestler; it's against Marvin. <laughs> I'm so down. I am uh, so down with this. No one else will like this storyline, but it'll be hilarious for no, us. No, dude, oh, if you great. do it right, this could be awesome. He's the inside exactly. man, bro. He's the fucking rebel inside the Imperials. Lots of Star Wars tonight. I'm sorry. Andor's just fucking awesome. All right. It's banger after banger um, after banger after banger. <laughs> but not where you think. All right. So <laughs> rampage time, Garrett. We get kicked off. This is rampage, baby. <laughs> we get kicked off. Jack Perry. Confronts Christian Cage and Luchasaurus. Our first taped Rampage in about a month. So, 
I love not having taped rampages. But the good thing about this taped rampage, and I don't know if this is just the side of the internet I'm on, I never get spoiled on rampage. And I don't either. I don't think anyone watches it is why. Oh, fuck. Damn it. All right. Fair, fair. Oh, <laughs> Christian it hurts, but it's the Christian truth. Sometimes Cage. you have to say harmful things to be true. It's it, it, you know. Christian Cage insulted the people of Boston as unintelligent. He Perry blamed Christian Cage for costing him everything and said Luchasaurus wasted three years of his life. Oh, Perry wanted the odds stacked against himself and challenged Luchasaurus to a steel cage match at full gear. Cage accepted the challenge and told Perry to make sure his mom was at ringside. Brought up his father. Perry went right for Cage's throat. Luchasaurus made the save and chokeslam Perry on the open chair. This is a good ending to this. They didn't yeah. do the like, super obvious thing, which would have been to put them in the tournament against each other, which would have been good, but it wouldn't have made sense for their storyline. Um, no. let, let, let another and, couple guys get some stakes on the line. Let this be the blood match. Yeah, exactly. And I like a steel cage. We haven't had a steel cage match in a while. I think the last one we had was uh, Thunder Rosa versus uh, for the title, right? Um, I think maybe? I think if you want to do this the way I think it could be done, Jack Perry, Luchasaurus, open the show. Okay. Because let Jack Perry's music hit. All of a sudden, the crowd is super into the music. They're super into it. Perfect opener. You let Luchasaurus still win. Yeah, I think you could still do that. You can open the show I, I on think, a one note. I think Luchasaurus has to win result. this again. Now, I understand Jack winning. I would totally get it. He's the baby face. Yeah. He, they could do what they've done with Darby Allen for years and have him win the, the unimaginable feud. Other than CM Punk. He, could, he wasn't winning that one. But I think Luchasaurus is a special big man. Mm-hmm. Right? Now that you have Morrissey here, don't, don't get blinded. That you have landed on, like, how do I phrase this? Don't don't get fucking blinded here because you have all these good big men now. Yes. Still keep them as super strong. And Luchasaurus, whether it's Lance Archer, I know he's not, like, tall, but Powerhouse Hobbs, Wardlow, Morrissey, Satnam Singh. Luchasaurus, uh, and if anyone else, I'm forgetting. But you can have Brian Cage in there, but he's also Joe, not that maybe tall. Joe. Yeah, him and Joe, they're they're not that tall, so I'm not I, like I don't know. There's there's ways they're big men, right? But you know what I mean. They get treated the same, so it's yeah. I think it's fair. So, but Luchasaurus, he has this element to him where he's six six two seventy, and yet he has these moments where you you would fucking always forget it, and he has these big spotlight moments. Don't let him lose this. You can treat him as Christian's henchman for now, but when he eventually turns on Christian and beats him too, when when you know whether he's a champion then and that's his babyface turn, there's serious money in his him as a heel. And I think if done right, now I know Wardlow's in eight storylines right now, so we haven't really. <laughs> I don't want to touch it too hard, but this is something we've mentioned <laughs> recently: Luchasaurus and Wardlow. Seriously. That mu- that's money. Like it could be like the best big man match in years. Yes. So let it fucking happen. Book the shit. Let's get the fuck on with it, Garrett. Uh, any any other notes exactly. from this match or uh, this promo? Uh, just just some yeah, just good stuff. Uh, you know, Jack got choke slammed in the chair, so there's that. I mean, yeah, good stuff. 
I'm excited to see the, the steel cage match. Like I said, an appropriate stipulation to end the story on. So I'm excited to see that match even more than I already was now. So Lexi and Aaron interviewed the Death Triangle. Uh, Pack tried to convince his teammates of the power of the hammer and winning by any means necessary. Capping his world title trio's belt with the hammer. Dude, added these Pac promos about the fucking hammer are actually incredible. I'm sorry, why, but like, why do I like it so much? He's just he's convincing me. I'm gonna cheat in my everyday life now. It's son of a bitch. I'm just kidding. That son of a bitch. <laughs> Brian Cage. Now I'm never losing another game of MLB the show, brother. I just pick up a Cronus. Uh, Brian Cage <laughs> defeated Dante Martin in the first round of the Eliminator tournament. Um. Ricky Matt Ricky starts match with uh, Lance Archer will take na- place next week. So, yeah, Cage caught Bra- uh, Martin pretty early here for an out of the ring dive. He literally caught him. Yeah, and a vertical suplex and a really good spot before the match like even got going. So it went to a split screen break. We come back. Cage kind of just kind of just runs him over. Right? I mean. Well, he kind of just beat him down yeah. like, relentlessly. It was like Don- he, he knew he couldn't beat Dante's speed, so he just went after him. After he just kept, he tried to keep up with the pace, even though, like, I'm so glad they're not doing the silliness what they used to do with him a little bit, where he would get gassed out a little bit. I don't know if he just improved his cardio or like if they were intentionally blaring that in because he's a bigger guy. Yeah. But, like, um, either way, I like that he just kept he kept up with Dante's speed, but still was doing his style of offense. Like he wasn't conceding anything to Dante. He was just trying to keep up to counter the speed. It's like the the only time I've seen anybody do that, because most people just try and slow him down, you know? But that wasn't that was not the method here. It was interesting. It was a nice little touch. Also, Dante in the ring now is so smooth, dude. Like, let's just rewind eight months ago. He was really good, but he just said was a lot of potential. But now he's like Purely a good wrestler, I think, which is really great to see. He's a fucking star, man. Like, seriously. So, yeah. Uh, Cage hit the Weapon X, a modified gory special for the pinfall. And, yeah, um, a little sad that Martin's out, yeah, but I totally get Dante it. Dante gets eliminated here. I, I, Of course, every fucking bracket for an AEW tournament I have gets busted the first week after I fucking form it. The but, you bracket know. has been b- b- busted. So, <sighs> uh, hooking his chips interrupted a Lee Moriarty interview when Moriarty threw out an open challenge to anyone but gold. Uh, House of Black vignette in the video. Buddy Matthews, Brody King, and Malachi Black died. Are we that overhooked that we're just skipping? All right. All right. Fair enough. All right. Well, I mean, okay. Hook and Moriarty. I, mean, I don't have faith in it either because they're just going to have Lee get beat in two seconds. But, I mean, hey. Yeah. Uh, Julia Hart has resurrected the House of Black fucking metal. That's all I got to say. Literally. I mean, that is fucking metal. I mean, are you fucking yeah. kidding me? I was saying these segments, like, if they had more substance to them, they'd be my favorite thing every week because they're fucking so well shot and so well done. Like, this looks like a fucking trailer for a goddamn horror movie. It really does. So then we get into our Bandito and Roosh matches we've already covered. Renee Paquette tried to interview Claudio Casanoli, but Jake Hager interrupted, invited Claudio to join the Jericho Appreciation Society. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. That's uh, yeah. Jake Hager's mentality. Exactly. Nyla Rose defeated Kayla Sparks in a TBS title open challenge. <laughs> hey, Kayla Sparks from Dark, though, were the ones that I've noted as being one that I like. Yeah, so, that's hey. cool to see her on Rampage. Um, I just, <laughs> the way that this read in the quotations, TBS title open challenge, it's like, <sighs> they're going a little far with it. But you know what? Uh, she used the pump kick to mock Jade, finished Sparks off with the Jaded. I'm fine with all that, you know. 
uh, imitation is the what's the term there? The finest form of the, the, the fl- imitation is the most sincere form of flattery. There you go. Cargill and her baddies try to run out and get the Tebas title back. Rose handled the baddies, but Cargill destroyed her with a pump kick. So, yeah, Rose has been in her head and has the advantage. Cargill handled handled her ass easily. And yeah, Rose's security kept them apart. So, yeah, uh, they finally touched. At least this has been a long going feud by by a fucking mountain, the longest going TBS title feud. So, hopefully, uh, the next one though, just a little bit a uh, little bit better structure, I guess, is the right term here. You're you're so trying to be nice right now. I hope it's an actual storyline that anyone can give two shits about. All right. Yeah, it just it it needs a little bit better structure here. Uh, like you can have non storyline wrestling championships too. Look at the old Atlantic. I just Orange hope we're, we're just walking being like, away. Hey, what if we had a match to anybody and it's great? Like you could do that with Jade too. Not not like that, but like have her just defend against whoever, and it'd be fine. Yeah, like we did that for months. Just feed the whole division to her again. You've got no other options at this point. Like. Yeah, unless you want to do this new Athena and you run it that back, and that's when you finally drip. You're going to put a bad. You're going to put an evil Athena against like a technically still heel Jade. I don't understand that at all. Uh, they they don't either. So, um, <laughs> yeah, man. So we get some stuff about Dynamite next week. Yep. Jump into our main event. Oh, Darius Martin is back, by the way. Yeah, that was that was a. That's a good sign. They just threw that on Rampage. I guess fuck Darius Martin. Well, I guess, no, he's, he's in the match on Dynamite now. So Death Triangle is facing Top Flight and AR Fox. Give me a hell of a match. Totally down with that. So, yes, uh, Orange Cassidy, the Flippy Brethren, takes on Lee Johnson in the main event. Garrett, bro, the pre-match promo. I got a little pop out of Orange. Cassidy. I was gonna say, I'm gonna oh let you God, take the lead here. What, these yeah, are your so guys. In the pre-match man. promo, we had like we had a little bit of back and forth here. You know, Shoddy Lee was like, "Yo, I'm a good wrestler and all that," and I was like, "Cool, cool, cool." I think uh, QT did most of the talking. Um, and then as soon as it got cut cut over to Orange, he pulled out the mic out of his jacket and said, "Well, it looks like there's been enough talk." <laughs> And I was like, yes, just keep stealing Mark's line. Because you know it's making Mark Henry go, God damn it. So that's that's good. But And then the match was actually really good. They had some really quick and athletic stuff at the start. We had some devastating kicks to the back of Lee Johnson. Big shoddy. And uh, Dan Housing got pile-driven on the steps. I don't know what the hell that was about, but that was awesome. Um we had uh, – that, that was almost a – that could have been a Simmons Award, but I wasn't going to give one to QT, so um, – Damn. So QT, does, QT deserves nothing but me, but the sign that says he has got robot legs. Until that sign exists, he deserves nothing. That's the new meta. Anyway, um, this is the way. So no credit even. It, all his wrestlers were good anyway. Um, <laughs> anyway, there was outside, uh, some outside interference all over the place. Um, which is kind of, you know, classic at this point in all this. So whoever, who cares? There's no, there's no, you know, the referees are supposed to be getting the, the tight and hold on anything. And you got people getting pile driven on the steps. So whatever, I guess that's out the window. Um, I like the aggression from Lee Johnson, which I believe if, if, if we're going continuity wise, Charlie, right before he left because of injury or whatever the reasoning was that he had to go and not be on TV for a while there. Um, I believe he was getting slightly more aggressive. 
and and his styling before then. So it was kind of leading into this and potentially going back to QT stuff, which is a it's it's all it all makes sense. Even if you go back, I don't know how I have that long of a memory, but I do know that for a fact that was what was going on before he left. So yeah, um, uh, the best friends cleared out the squad of goons. Um, and by the way, a little side note here, um, before every match with, this is only something I've ever noticed, but before every match that Remsburg referees for OC, he always hands them his sunglasses. And I've actually seen quite a few indie matches where Remsburg was the referee for OC. So that's just a little, little side, you know, maybe no one would notice this, but they're just obviously so tight that even though normally he puts the glasses on and keeps them on for as long as possible in the match. He trusts Rice Remmers enough to protect what I would assume is Orange Cassidy's most prized possession besides the All-Atlantic Championship, which is those sunglasses. Hell yeah. That so, son of a bitch. Yeah, I don't know if anybody cares about that, but I, I love that little friendship between him and Rice. No, it, it it's pretty, little pretty things cool. like that. The wrestling lore that we we like to talk about, you know? So and that was Rampage, yeah. There wasn't there wasn't anything else that I had really that took down. It was a really good match. Um, I didn't think it, uh, it lived up to the hype that I had put it to in my head. I think Lee's just kind of settling back in. Maybe that's part of what it was. But it was just it was still a great. I love I love Shoddy Lee getting a title shot, man. Like I do too. And Orange Cassidy is on a nice roll right now. I mean, Lee is twenty four years old. So this is awesome to see. I mean, one of the first uh, when AEW was getting rolling there, him and the Gun Club joining the Nightmare Family. You know, little things like that that. We love to see it. So, yeah, um, that'll be it for us. We, uh, oh, real quick, let's run through uh, the Dynamite and Rampage cards next week. Claudio Castagnoli and Brian Danielson versus Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. Fun little match. Ethan Page versus Bandito. Tony Storm versus The Bunny. Who? Death Triangle versus Top Flight and AR Fox. Anthony Bowens versus Swerve Strickland. Interviews from Moxley, MJF, Joe, Britt Baker, and Soraya. And the acclaimed music video, A Hand for a Hand. Nice. Yay. <laughs> With special guest, Jamie Lannister. Um, we then jump into some Rampage next week. Japanese wrestling legend, John Akiyama, will be making his AEW debut next Friday, live edition of Rampage. He'll be wrestling with the... Returning the undefeated world champion, John Akiyama and Kenosuke Takeshita taking on Eddie Kingston and Ortiz Garrett. Bruh, yeah, Jun Akiyama uh, versus Eddie Kingston is a dream match of Eddie's that he's been wanting to have for a long time. Yeah, um, this is obviously going to be the setup match for that match, probably back in DDT. I'm guessing we talked about this a while back. I would love for Kenosuke to come back with somebody from DDT. And then for them to send a couple of people from AEW to the so glad to catch us here. If that's Eddie and Ortiz, dude, can you imagine the matches they could have over there? My God. But that'd be um, really cool. Because Ortiz can sell for people over there like crazy. I'm not saying he needs to go over there and lose a couple matches, but if he did, it'd be incredible, you know? Um, because he could make some really big like some stars over there. He could make if they showed it on like say on Dark or something like that. I think that could be really cool. But anyway, yeah, I'm so excited to have the return to America of Kanosuke Takeshita, Mr. Cinnabon himself. And uh, he's teaming up with none other than Junakayama to take on Eddie Kingston. I mean, that is just really cool. If stuff. you know, you're, if you know, you're a, if you know, you're uh, you know, if you know 
your old school Japanese wrestling. If you know your all Japan lore, you'll know that Junakayama was one of the people that was being mentored by the original four pillars. Um, and so if you know anything about wrestling, you know the, the significance of that. So June being on AEW television is kind of insane. Uh, I'm really excited for that match. Same. So yeah, uh, this will be some cool stuff, man. Um, and that's what we got for next week. And so next week we'll have our Eat Sleep Elite show. God, what, what most likely? Because when is full gear? It's 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 on Saturday, right? Yes. So uh, yeah, we'll probably have Eat Sleep Elite up, up uh, Saturday morning. Then, so we'll probably record it after Rampage, right? On Friday. This is Rampage. So it'll be up super early Saturday or late Friday if you're on the West Coast. Or in Hawaii. So, yeah. Uh, and then we'll have a, a prediction show for Full Gear. And then the Full Gear review. Which, our pay-per-view review shows seem to be our best shows. So, shout out to you guys. And I'm sure some of you, that's the first show you found of us. So, we really appreciate it. And uh, Triple Threat next week with us. So, we'll catch you guys on the flip side.